phone. Are you willing to share your average weekly screen time? 780-496-0063. Welcome back to the show. It's 437. This is Chelsea Onched talking about social media, time online, and what it really does to us. Is your social media habit bordering on addiction. Remember decades ago when smoking was something that was being advertised as healthy and it was not reported in in really a truthful way of how much damage it possibly could have done to us. Are we facing a similar situation when it comes to social media and being online? Do we accept it as normal only to find out maybe decades from now or even sooner that it's really bad for us? We're going to get into it right now with our guest who is a professor at the School of Psychoeducation and Researcher at CHU St. Justine at the University of Montreal. Dr. Linda Pagani is joining the show. Dr. Pagani, thank you so much for making the time. Good to talk to you about something that I think is very important. Great. I'm happy to be with you. You wrote a com- uh, an article uh, about this, and you make that connection right on the outset, talking about how you know tobacco companies and, uh, and, and so much interest in smoking was not seen as something vilified like it is today. Are we? Yeah, that's it. Are we going to be facing a similar situation when it comes to social media? What do you think? Well, the the algorithms of social media are the same. The same thing. We're reliving the same thing that we had with tobacco. Uh, tobacco companies made uh, they altered uh, the the tobacco leaf to make it more addictive, and so we saw people becoming more and more addicted addicted to social media and as a result we have the same thing going on the problem with all that is that the target people the target population is uh generally uh young people and this can be a real problem because they're in the process of you know engaging in trying to get all their developmental tasks done you know growing up is uh, is uh, in part uh, intellectual and in part social when you're going to high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to develop your intellectual skills, but you're also developing your social skills. And as you grow up, uh, if you spend too much time on social media, and this is the problem, is that, you know, they, they the kids today, they grew up with a lot of uh, access to screens, and all of a sudden, you know, if you remember what it was like to be a teenager, you're driven by hormones, which drives you to want to be more social, because that's the whole purpose of the hormones is they're they're making us, uh, they're they're getting us ready to procreate, right? So we start roaming around. So they roam instead on virtual media, social media in particular, and those algorithms are really uh, addictive. And as a result. Comparison is the mother of misery, and uh, you. What happens is a lot of these young people uh, get addicted, but they also uh, get a lot of uh, negative information. Uh, they, uh, you know, about, for example, self mutilation, uh, about feeling bad and glamorizing feeling bad, and uh, what happens is that uh, that kind of input at a time when people are fragile and at risk because it is you know adolescence is a a developmental crisis and it lasts until your age age 25 Mm -hmm. so i mean there are a lot of possibilities for all kinds of you know things to to go wrong and as a result you have uh, someone who spends a lot of time comparing themselves with other people who gets exposed to negative feelings and for example uh 
uh, you know, suicidal ideation, self-mutilation, and also just uh, downright, you know, over-the-top partying. And as a result, they, they get this false impression of what growing up and being an adult really is. And also they get a, a false impression of who they are and how they fit into society because they keep seeing everybody else doing all these nice things and being, uh, you know, they, we tend to put the best pictures of ourselves up on social media, which is a normal thing to do. But if we're constantly scrolling, we're, we're getting a lot of that input. So yeah, that's, and that's a, where the problems are. It's a lot easier, I think, to prioritize this version of yourself that looks shiny and glossy and really only is a highlight reel. And I think that it's that sort of that dangerous balance between prioritizing that parasocial version of yourself versus your real world self. And, you know, when I, when I speak about my own experience, I grew up kind of on the cusp. So the, uh, the social media boom kind of started when I was in about grade 12. And before that, we had things like MSN and ICQ Messenger and we would race home after school and we would talk to each other for hours and that felt addictive and there are there's yeah. so much more that goes into designing these apps to truly be addictive now I mean at that in that form it was really just it was quite rudimentary now it's a lot more advanced can you speak to some of the ways if someone's not familiar that social media really does create an addiction well, uh, what happens is that if you're feeling bad sometimes you, or if you're trying to kill time, instead of engaging in something positive like uh, appreciating the moment, you tend to uh, scroll on your, uh, your phone. And if you're not feeling well and then you start scrolling on your phone, it's going to magnify the bad feeling. The, the, and, and what we see today, uh, we've never seen uh, the, uh, the real pandemic is fear and sadness in adolescents and emerging adults. We've never seen prevalences like this of depression and anxiety since we've been recording it. It's, it's out of this world. It's, uh, it's because it's, it's, we note that it's since 2012, uh, you know, things have been going up every year, and uh, the pandemic didn't help. But uh, the pandemic, even before the pandemic, we were having a lot of kids and a lot of young adults experiencing all kinds of uh, negative feelings, and they have they've developed like an intolerance to those negative feelings. Back in the day, you felt bad. It was like a, a stomach ache. You knew it was going to pass. But a lot of young people today don't realize or they get stuck in that, you know, record that keeps playing over and over again, that mm -hmm. same groove where they think that they're, you know, they're super fearful or they're super sad. So the bottom line is there's four things to look at. Dr. Pagani, wanna... before we get into those four, just because we're yep. running out of a little bit of time here, and I want to get to your to your four, um, we're going to take a little break. We're going to come right back in about three minutes, and I want to outline okay. some of the ways that we can try to make social media addiction uh, look a little bit more rosy. Uh, that's on the way with Dr. Pagani, who is a professor at the School of Psychoeducation and researcher at CHU St. Justine at University of Montreal. That's surprising. It's Chelsea on Chad. 6.30 Chad, Edmonton's News. Today's talk. Good.
Good afternoon. Welcome back to the show. We're talking about social media addiction. We'd love to know your weekly screen time report. If you're willing to share it, send a text in 780-496-0063. We're talking about it with a professor at the School of Psychoeducation and researcher at CHU St. Justine, University of Montreal. Dr. Linda Pagani is joining me. So Dr. Pagani, we've outlined that social media certainly can be an addiction and it can be dangerous. Is there any, is there any good news? Is there anything that can be done about it? Yeah, I mean, social media is a great tool. Uh, I think that, you know, even I have social media. Uh, It's an excellent tool uh, to communicate with other people, but we need to remember that the most important kind of communication is face-to-face and in person, and especially for young people who have to develop all these social skills because one day they're going to be on the job market. Uh, and and regardless of whether they're driving a truck, cutting hair, or uh, uh, you know being a physician, it's all it's all got to do with your social skills. And uh, so these things are very important. And uh, we need to know how to use our social media in such a way that we use it as a tool and not a toy. So we need to limit our time, like I do. I start uh, sometimes around lunchtime. I'll do three to five minutes of Facebook, and then somewhere after supper, I'll check another three to five minutes of Facebook or Instagram, and that's it. Uh, you time yourself. You try to be sensitive about it. You try to not try to live your entire life on there. What do you recommend for someone who is making an income on social media and and even for young people that are aspiring to live that life? I mean, certainly the gig economy plays into being able to utilize social media for, for monetary gain. How do you create boundaries around that? Well, uh, first of all, uh, you know, I recommend that young people look at the statistics of that kind of thing because uh, the people that we see on YouTube and the people that we see who are influencers, there's a lot more going on there. Uh, It's it's like people back in the day who thought that they'd be discovered, you know. Uh, It's it's not, you know, being an adolescent and an emerging adult, it's normal to feel this great desire to become an influencer because it's almost like the opposite of peer pressure, right? Mm. It's, it's the importance of peers. Sure, but yeah. people, need to, people need to realize that the gig economy is something that's a lot larger than what we think. And, you know, back in the day, people used to, you know, they used to go to New York or to Hollywood to wait on tables hoping to be discovered. You know how many Mm. millions of people have done that with no outcome? Someone find me at the mall, please. (laughs) Exactly. So there's four things to consider. I'm going to ask you, if you've got two or more, there's a problem. Okay. So the first one is, have you ever felt you should cut down on your social media use? Give yourself a point. Have you ever, uh, have people annoyed you by criticizing your social media use? Another point. Have you ever felt bad or guilty about your social media use? And then lastly, have you ever uh, used social media first thing in the morning to steady your nerves or to start your day? (laughs) If you have more than two... Okay, if you have more than two, I have two. You likely have problematic social media use and that you need to be careful because it's affecting how you're functioning psychologically and how you're interpreting your social relationships. So get back on the wagon and have some positive 
relationships that are in presence of face-to-face. And create some boundaries very around important. it. Dr. Pagani, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for that. That sobering look, I think, at social media for a lot of uh, a lot of our listeners. I'd love to know how many you scored out of Dr. Pagani's four there. Uh, thank you for the time. Really appreciate it. Okay, great. You take care. Bye-bye. Yeah, you too. Dr. Linda Pagani is a professor at the School of Psychoeducation, researcher at CSU St. Justine at University of Montreal, talking about social media addiction.